0: Welcome to the Appalachian Baptist Network. We seek to equip, encourage, and engage pastors and church leaders in the Appalachian region. We focus on having conversations on church revitalization in the mountains and beyond. Your hosts are Matthew Jacobs, Brent Snyder, Jacob Gwynn, and Travis Tyler.
1: Welcome back to the Appalachian Baptist Network. I'm your host, Travis Tyler, as always, and uh, we hope you enjoyed last week's episode on Is God Calling Me in the Ministry? Well, we're going to have a similar discussion today with my hosts, Neil and Matthew Jacobs. Thanks for being with me today, guys. It's good to be here.
2: Great to be here.
1: We're going to talk today about Is God Transitioning Me to a New Assignment? Or is God calling me to a new field to serve? And so, Matthew, this is unfortunately gonna be one of your last recordings with us in North Carolina as you were sitting in your house here in your kitchen and there are boxes everywhere and there are there are dishes that are still out. A few of enough for a family to eat off of, and you are leaving a week from today to head back down to the south. Is that right? Yes, sir. And uh, Neil, you have experience in this area. You went from a fruitful ministry in Louisville, Kentucky, to Champaign, Illinois, now serving in Wisconsin. So you've made several moves as well. Uh, and I have done that, too, from Kentucky to Indiana to Tennessee. Uh, so we have all been familiar with this when God does that. So let's just start off, first of all, I've heard a lot of different pastors, when they talk to their churches about moving and taking a different assignment or a different church, uh, one of the things that emerges is they'll talk about, well, it was just God's will that I leave. Is this a healthy way to discuss it? Uh, how should we think about God's will whenever pastors get moved around? Because for the church that's losing that minister, if they were a good minister, like at CrossNor and Neil, whenever you left, you left good situations in both, both scenarios. And I left my previous assignment in a good situation as well. Uh, the people that are there, I think, are heartbroken that they're losing uh, a good pastor. And so uh, how do we need to think about the language we use if God is calling us to another assignment?
2: Well, Travis, I really liked what you said um, as we were kind of preparing about the simplicity of God's will. And sometimes we overcomplicate it. I, I think personally, when you use God's will to validate um, a decision you're making, like, like being time to move on, um, or other ways people use it in the church, I think there's always a danger in that, right because we 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 then are putting maybe words into god's mouth um and, and I think you mentioned some situations where where people said that in such a sense that it it could have communicated a feeling of rejection by the people that was spoken to that that God was rejecting them in sending this pastor elsewhere you know and so i I think we have to be careful there um about using language of God's will or, or putting words into God's mouth, so to speak. Um, and, and oftentimes, I think we just need to be more sensitive, um, I think, to where the Lord is leading us um, and maybe even bring the church into that. So, so if they are God's people and, and we are a part of that church family, shouldn't we be hearing, shouldn't they be hearing from the Lord as well in, in, in that process? Or at least some of the brothers or sisters in the body.
1: Yeah. So the question that I, well, the thing the illustration I discussed for those that weren't part of the conversation before we recorded Lottie moon had a fairly effective ministry in China. And my question was, uh, Could she have been as effective in Ethiopia or in India or any of these other nations? And I think the answer would have been yes, because the location is not as important as the faithfulness of the servant in the position that they're in. Uh, So that's definitely the most important thing. And so I think sometimes people think God's will is this sort of a clouded mystery that. God doesn't want to, you know, unwind and share to us. Uh we have to kind of go outside and pray and say, God, if you want me to go to Alabama, make there be a sign and you look up in the sticks and there's an A. So obviously you knew to go to Alabama, right, Matthew? Is that how that worked?
3: All the national championships oh, dang.
1: Were... don't get into this. It's too <laughs> painful for, for us in Knoxville. We can't talk about this. We're we're still reeling from the coaching decisions lately. So anyway. When, when we
3: saw that Alabama was ranked in basketball <laughs> and that Duke and Carolina no longer were. Uh, um, we took that as, as God's, God's confirmation. What did you say a minute ago? His perfect will, <laughs> his perfect will and his permissive will. Um, <laughs> no, no, that, that was not the case oh. at all. Um, but I, I think really for for me, when you sit there and think through, I was perfectly happy here. Mm-hmm. Still, still happy here. Mm-hmm. Um being here four and a half years, I, I think the former pastor's wife, when we were talking Sunday night, she described it to me. I said, It it's it's hard. I said, because when I moved from Mobile to Raleigh for school, it was like, Peace out, I'll see you later. When I moved from Wake Forest to here, loved the people, loved my small group, loved my church, but it was peace out, we'll see you later and here it's more or less a feeling of and I love the way she said it, it's like leaving family. Mm. Um you got people that genuinely care for you, that will do anything for you and your family. You'll do anything for them and their family, and there's just common ground of love and respect between them. Um, so it is a place. I mean, my wife just started teaching a year ago. Like we were looking at establishing hard roots here mm-hmm. in Avery County, um, and we're not looking to go anywhere else. Now, you shared
1: with me that the church you're going to though you guys had always kind of said if this church ever called and they did like it wasn't something you were actively pursuing. And strangely enough for me, that's about how it's gone down every time, you know, every time I've sent a resume to a church or a position, it's never worked out. It's always been, you know, another roundabout way that it's happened and they called. And then you, you kind of, you know, slowly, wisely explored that. And we walked through that together. But um, how do you know, if God is preparing you for another assignment to be faithful somewhere else?
3: For me, um, it was really looking at and having a hard time casting vision for where we were headed for the youth group, Mm. where we're going, where's our next Bible study coming in events. Like it was really hard for me to plan. And in that, I started checking Like God is, is something going on? Like, are you starting to, draw my heart away from these students and away from this church for another st- group of students or another church. Are you calling, i I've talked to you about this being a student minister or junior pastor, JV baby. Um, sitting there praying through God. Are you, are you removing me from the student ministry here to be mm. the next pastor here? Mm. Are you removing my heart here to be a pastor somewhere else? Like what, what is it you're, you're leading me towards? And, and in that process of praying, um, me and my wife both praying together. We we knew that our heart was not to be a senior pastor somewhere. We still had a heart for students to, to know God and know his word. And in that process of praying, that's when, um, the church down in Alabama contacted me.
1: Yeah, that's definitely in one church that I was in, that was definitely an indicator. Uh, there was a church now, this was granted. This was a rough assignment that I had, and I'm not here to, I think we've done another episode on that one. I could not see a future for that church. Like, I, I couldn't see any future, and I just knew it was time for me to move
3: on. Let's clarify that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's not that you couldn't see the church, like, existing in the future.
1: No, I couldn't see that church existing in the future. No, that never, is what never, I'm saying. Never mind. Like I, I'm not that, saying that if you're from the, cross that was door,
3: the, I'm not saying that about you.
1: The, no, they're not saying about it I'm. I'm going back a little <laughs> further to a church. I served two different churches in Indiana, and there was one that I wasn't sure that God was going to allow them to continue. And, uh, you know, I, I felt I had done what I had been called to do faithfully, but it just wasn't there. And then in the second situation, I could see a, a future for that church. It just, it didn't necessarily involve me at the helm of that church. And so that's, that's a little bit different, you know, situations, but, uh, mm-hmm. To, I don't, I'm not sure. I think they're both still open now. You know, as far as I know, I know if one is for sure, I'm not sure about the other one, but, uh, but that was one thing was a, a difficulty in leading. Uh, also another issue is there may be giftings that have been developed in your current situation that, uh, need to be expanded and offered in new opportunities. Right. Neil, I think you brought this up before we were starting here, right. Can you expand on that?
2: Well, I think that was totally the situation in my, in my last church. I, I, w- I was in a youth ministry role. Um, and wasn't necessarily convinced that I wouldn't continue in some capacity with student ministry, but but was definitely at a place where I, I longed to have kind of a, a larger um, larger impact on the pastoral staff. And we 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 were a church at the time that had four full time pastors, counting myself, and there there just weren't opportunities for me in 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 sort of eldership, and 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 it it kind of became clear that hey, this may not be where where God is is calling me to stay. And the cool part is. I think in 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 every instance in my life where where we've begun to sense that God is is preparing us for or sending us elsewhere, to, to what you were saying, you never felt like you had to go, um, and and so in that way, what's nice about that is is I'd hate to look for a position desperate um, and feeling like it can't be here anymore, but 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 I actually think in both senses, as you get near that decision point, you almost begin to grieve because you're touched by how much you love the current place and the people with whom you're serving but but yeah and in some sense don't you think it's healthy that that as we are equipping and raising people up that's going to involve sending some out um
1: and so so. there's only and and you know even in your first assignment there when we were in seminary together that ministry you had still bears fruit today you got guys one guy went into ministry he's pastoring is he in Oklahoma now no he, he
2: was in oklahoma now he's in arkansas and we've arkansas. got another serving in nashville that that yeah. he's he's a, a high volunteer at a larger church there and, and kind of looking to transition into a staff role as well and a, a third that's preparing for the mission field so but it was so hard here, leaving okay. those
1: guys behind for you wasn't it? i oh, mean that was tough wasn't it
2: that that was very tough and they, they still like to remind me of how i left during their senior year um, and abandoned them <laughs> to this <laughs> day so so oh man it's definitely hard but but again, we you see it from both sides when you're on a pastoral staff in terms of there there's better women that we see God raise up that we say, hey Lord bless you as He leads you in this new direction, and that sh- that should be something we celebrate. And at the same time, we probably see in our own lives as God is is sort of raising us up and preparing us for maybe something different or what's next. And and I again I I hope we don't. I hope we don't see it entirely as professionals and not as a part of that church because even look at Paul and Barnabas at Antioch, they they prayed over them and they were sent out. They didn't decide to go on their own, but they were sent out by the church. And and that's where I guess I was trying to refer to earlier is, is is at what level do we allow at least a part of our church? And I know when you're on staff it can be weird, but what level at what level do we allow a part of our church to be a part of praying through that with us? Um, and maybe I'm speaking as a guy who's never been a senior pastor, so Travis, maybe I'm just out of my mind.
1: Well, uh, I think it's very risky anytime you were to tell a lay person if you're really doing that. See, here's the problem for me as a pastor. I live in a continual state of discontentment and contentment. So I'm constantly discontented with parts and aspects of the church, and I'm content with parts and aspects of the church. And so if I'm not careful and I focus on all the discontentment, because I think every leader has this, right? You have this problem of contentment or discontentment because the moment you're no longer discontented is the moment you can't see a path forward for vision and leadership. So if you focus just on discontentment as a leader, you may mistake just a need to lead hard and do a lot of hard work for it's just time for me to leave. So you got to be careful with that, you know, as a leader, Uh, I would say that, you know, there you know, church members, you got to be careful what you tell them as a pastor, because I, I, thinking back in the past, I told fellow staffers first, before the rest of the church knew in previous situations and nobody on staff knows about me leaving or looking cause I'm not actively looking or leaving or anything. So, you know, no need to, f- I don't, I don't think anybody from the church listens to this podcast. We put it in our weekly email, but I've never heard anybody bring anything up with it. They might listen to this one just cause, but, but we're, you know, we're happy with grace in many capacities and, you know, love the people there because, you know, you're, the way that church is different when you're a pastor, like you were bringing up a minute ago is it's not just a job. We're not just professionals. We're also the body of Christ and we're mm-hmm. a family of God. And so, you know, we're covenanted together and, uh, you know, kind of transitioning this as a segue. What are some things that we can do though, if God is moving us to a new assignment to help the church that we're leaving to to be prepared for what God is going to do for them next?
3: you don't sit there and say, peace out. I'll see you later. That's that's not the best advice. So, so in my, in my context, I better write that down. (laughs) In in, in my context, one of my biggest prayers, and I've talked, I've talked to you about this. I've talked to other, other pastor friends of mine um, because I've seen it here in other places. Even I've seen how not to leave. I've seen people that were in good situations when there wasn't turmoil at the church, leave very badly. Mm. Um, So I want to be very, very careful to make sure that I leave this church and this ministry in such a way that harvest day or, 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 you know, it's not harvest day everywhere. It's what is it called?
1: So is this what you did? You like walked up and said, peace, I'm out see at the great white throne and drop the mic and walk no, off the stage no, you, um,
3: you don't think that's a good way to do it no but i, I did resign before i preached <laughs> oh Sunday. you did i did oh man um, you
1: left them grieving through the no. whole Everybody didn't hear anything <laughs> you said it's like the doctor coming in saying i got you got cancer and then they don't hear
3: anything after that well you know some <laughs> did some did because the, the sermon was we've got to make sure that we love god first above everything else. So it was, I'm, I'm leaving, but this, I want you to hear what I'm about to say, yeah. instead of saying my, going through the sermon and going, okay, guys, now I'm leaving. I'm like, I don't remember what he said. I'll, so it's it, either way you're doomed. Yeah. Um, but with that, I have been very careful. Um. When I've preached, I'll preach Sunday morning, my last sermon to the whole congregation as I've preached to students and, and met with families and met with teams is I'm wanting them to know that if I'm leaving, God is preparing someone else for here. Yeah. Like God does not leave them alone, but regardless. You
1: don't want them to feel like God's
3: rejected them. Yeah, no, because <laughs> that's want, not true. But i also have been very careful to articulate that the ministry is not about me. Mm. If, if your faith as a student, as an adult only grows from when you're spending time with me or when I'm teaching on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, you've got to take ownership of your faith. And we've done a poor job as leaders. If we've led them yeah. to think that. Because, pastors come and go yeah you know and you're going to like some and you're not going to like some what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) but
1: you have got to be willing
3: to be solid in your faith enough Mm. to where when they come and go you're going to miss them or you might sit and say thank you lord he's gone but you have got to pursue and push yourself to know god's word and love god's word because life comes the waves crumble and the earth seems to shake, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, Like he has to be our sanctuary and letting the church know that pastors come and go. Like I love you and I care for you, but you have to love God more. Right. You have to be growing. You have to be pursuing. He has to be first. And when he is first, everything else becomes easy.
1: Yeah. You know um, when people leave our ministry, you know, I, Sometimes I just struggle to accept it. You know what I mean? It's hard. And you, you get dependent on folks. And of course all pastors we've talked about this on the podcast before we love ready-made leaders that are just in there to plug and play and go. But I was listening to a podcast the other day, these three older, older pastors been around a long time. And they said, you know, when I retired, I thought, man, I need to, I need to send these people that left me a letter and thank them for leaving me because it forced me to be more dependent on God and centered on the right things. And so, you know, whenever a church is going through a transition like this, like, you know, Crosstown has this opportunity, they can really either zero in on selfish desires and play me and woe is me and the victim card, right? That's that's a temptation churches have. Or they can say, you know what, we're really going to lean into the Lord, just like you're outlining there. And so it's an opportunity, right? Every time somebody exits, it's an opportunity for the church and everyone to take stock and where they are and and who they really are putting faith in for that church's future so well
2: and don't you think to some extent if d- depending on our view of church ecclesiology if we're raising up a plurality of elders um or something like that a part of what we've done is is raise up men who are prepared to step in and take our place and and i think that you know at, at my last church I, I know for sure part of what made the process so clear it was one where God was leading us and, and prayerfully walking through that. But two, there was, there was a guy there that he was he was ready to step into the role, and, and I had seen him develop from a freshman in college on up to a, a young man who loved Jesus, loved the words, he loved our students, and they loved him. And it was it was it was so easy to, to step away in that sense. And, and so I, I think that as we're, we're growing, I, Mark Dever one time made the comment. He said, "We should delight." In hearing better sermons preached in our church than we preached ourselves, and and in one sense, if we're we're cultivating that and raising those guys up, then we are like you guys said, we're preparing them and preparing others to continue leading and following Jesus, even as we follow Jesus into other situations.
1: Yeah, if we're really doing our jobs as pastors,
3: mm-hmm.
1: our churches should be able to run fine without us.
3: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
1: That should, in many ways, be our goal because pastors, I mean, look, we're, we're not forever. We're, you know, we, we're eventually at least going to age out and retire one day or, you know, health issues may take us home to be with the Lord before we want to, or we may be going to another assignment. And, uh, you know, so we, our job is we need to prepare those leaders around us to be able to lead. And that, and that may be a long process. I mean, that may be years, you know, years of pouring into people. And let's be honest, we know this in discipleship with Paul and everybody, it don't always work out on the front end, right? Like you see people pull the ripcord and that's very painful. You know, yeah. if you're trying to invest in people and, and they pull the ripcord on you, they don't take it as seriously as, as they need to, and the church needs them to, but more importantly, Christ needs them to. Uh, but well, well and in that sense,
2: even Jesus was one for 12, or 11 for 12.
1: Yeah, and he's God. yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. So there you go. And, you know, another note, you know, Chuck Lawless always said, don't take on more than three because that was the inner circle. Jesus was God in human form and that's all he did at one time. So three is kind of a maximum number, Uh, you know, and you can rotate that out, you know, if you get three caught up and you got them producing two, then you can really get there, you know, but um, anyway. So, yeah. All right. Well, listen, we're going to have to land this plane soon. So let's do this. Uh, There may be somebody listening to this podcast right now and they're wrestling with, is God calling me away right now? And if they were sitting across from you right now saying, I'm trying to discern if God's preparing me for another assignment or if I need to just stay where I'm at and slug it out, what would you say to that individual?
2: Three things I think of, and, and, and a lot of them are coming out of my own heart situation, quite honestly, is one, are you still delighting in Jesus? Hmm. So is he your joy or his resentment, as you were speaking to earlier, Travis, causing you to do that? Two, I think I would ask, who was, is allowing- to clarify,
1: that was discontentment, not resentment. <laughs> Well, discontentment or resentment, but
2: but (laughs) discontentment can lead to resentment, right? It can.
1: If it's left, you know, discontentment's not necessarily a bad thing, but resentment is kind of a bad thing, right? If you resent something, then you're pretty negative and down on it. Anyway, go ahead, though.
2: well, and, and two, I would say, who are you allowing to shepherd you through that decision-making process? Who's coming with you as a brother in Christ? And like you say, maybe it's not from your church, but there ought to be somebody that you're going to that's helping you process that decision. And then three, are you being faithful to what God has called you to at the moment? So so don't allow yourself to step out in such a way that you're leaving people hanging and you're being found to be unfaithful over the, who God has currently called you to. So, so I think like asking those three questions has helped me stay obedient to Jesus and delight in him and not get ahead of myself or away from what he's called me to maybe maybe kind of daydreaming so to speak as I walk through my life and and ministry here
3: yeah for me if, if I was to sit there I love everything you said especially the delighting like are you delighting in God and not resentment but
1: no, Donaldson.
3: But, but 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 remember, well, some church people may it, listen to it, this. Some it, it, members it is may is listen easy. to this, Neil. It is it is I'm easy. Gonna make sure
1: your pastor gets a copy of this from Neil. From it the is. overflow of the heart, brother, the mouth speaks. You heard it.
3: But I don't I do not think that just because there might be issues in the church or issues in your family that you're not okay with mm. means that's the appropriate time to pull the ripcord. Yeah. It would have been so easy for me three years ago to pull the ripcord. Yeah.
1: And there's a previous episode on here where you talk about that. It was a hard season. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to stay somewhere for a while,
3: you're going to have a hard season. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Don't don't leave because things are hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now at the church, if I was still going to be here, we could pretty much do anything we wanted to do, like within within bounds. Like not to say, like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and you ain't going to do nothing, but – like if I said, Hey guys, we need to do this. The church would, the church would go along with it. the church would back it. Um, because they see vision, they see fruits, they see doing stuff. Like let's go with it. Um, but I would sit there and encourage you. Don't leave. If you're frustrated, mm. um, make sure your joy is in the Lord and make sure you're, you're growing in him. Like you, you've got to spend time with him, not just your sermon prep, but you've got to be spending time with him. And that's, that's one of the things I loved in the interview process. That was a question I was asked every week is what has God taught you this week in his word? Mm -hmm. Every time that that was a question. Um, So you've got to be growing, but in that ask yourself, am I having vision for here? Mm -hmm. Is God pulling? am, Am I, am I having that desire to spend time with these students or to spend time with this church? I mean, am I having a desire to make these disciples Am I still having that fire to go go go, or is God slowly pulling my heart away, and I don't really know what's going on? Yeah, and, and if you're finding yourself wrestling with, don't know what what the future holds, you're feeling yourself pull back a little bit, then I think those are some good indicators of something to say, okay, God, where are you leading me?
1: For one point of clarity, I don't think that you know when you're talking about the students you're leading and all that, that doesn't change how much you love those students. Truth, you know, it just it's a matter of what God may be working something else out for everyone in the picture. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, I I think that these are all good things. I would echo. Uh, one thing I would say that's encouraged me a lot when I've had hard days, hard weeks or whatever, um, that taking a little extra time in the word and taking a little extra time in prayer, has done wonders for my attitude and my general discontentment, you know, because sometimes I may get angry and frustrated, not at necessarily the things that anger and frustrate the Lord, but out of the inconveniences or the slowness to accept or different things or, or, you know, one thing that kills me is just nitpickiness. Nitpickiness gets to me quicker. You know, Spurgeon talked about many pastors have died, from a death by a thousand paper cuts, right? You know, it's like, or 10,000 paper cuts. It's not, the, not one is really a big deal, but it's just the relentless return of it. But you got to remember, you know, you're dealing with people who are not perfected in Christ yet and that you yourself are not perfected in Christ yet. So, you know, you've got to give a little measure of grace. It's pastoring a church is, is similar to a marriage, right? If everyone can give everyone grace, we can have good marriages. Well Mm -hmm. in in pastoral ministry, if everyone can give everyone grace and and a measure of, uh, you know, some assuming goodwill first, then we can go a long way. But yeah, I would say that. And then I would also ask this, where do you desire to be? Because I do think that, you know, Bible talks about, you know, we talked about this in the calling one. Do you have a desire to be an overseer? Yes. Do you have a desire to be somewhere? You know, sometimes God places a desire in our heart. Like, you know, do you want to be in the mountains? Well, then go pastor in the mountains. Do you have a desire to be in Canada? Well, then go pastor in Canada. Do you have a desire to be... Well, you, the, the the fishing is awesome up there, you know, I, those pristine, I dream sometimes about a, like a month long fishing trip in Canada, you know, where there's a cabin, they have to fly you in and you pray a grizzly bear doesn't eat you at night. Yeah, I know it takes an there, lot, but you know, they're, they're untouched almost there's it's so massive, you know, I, I don't think that those desires that God places in us are bad. You know, I think that those may be a compass to help us discern, discern where we should go. Now, sometimes if that becomes an an idol, that's a problem. Like where you're willing to take some kind of a, of a bad match and we didn't talk about that much in here, but sometimes churches and pastors are not good matches. You know, different different churches have different personalities, you know. The church at Galatia had a problem with angel worship, right? And the church at Corinth had a problem with sexual morality. Well, if you delivered, you know, that that would take two different types of pastors to minister in those situations. You're going to need a, a Mark Driscoll to go to Corinth, and then you're going to need, or uh, old Mark Driscoll, I should say, and then you're going to need a John Piper at, at uh, Galatia. You know what I mean? You're going to need a correction in theology at both places, but their personalities are wired in such a way they're totally different. And so, you know, there has to be a match there. It's, it's again, not unlike a marriage. The personalities of the churches and the personality of the pastors should be in somewhat accord and alignment. So anyway, all right. Uh, well, this is all the time we have, guys. Thanks for being on here and I uh, hope everybody will be able to join us next week. And Matthew, we wish you well as you travel down South to LA, lower Alabama. <laughs> yeah. All right, some of you will get it later. All right, thanks for being with us today. Join us next time.
0: You have been listening to the Appalachian Baptist Network. Thanks for joining us. If you have a question or comment for our host, please send an email to Appalachian Baptist Network at gmail.com or send us a voice message on our anchor website page at anchor.fm/Appalachian-Baptist-Network. Join us again next Monday.